It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's good, Wizards fans, and welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver. I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today, we have a special guest and Bullets Forever contributor, John Heiser. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Happy Monday. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to get into the Wizards offseason talk. We're just going to recap their moves and um, react to some grades that Bleacher Report and the Sporting News gave the Wizards. Um, just cover the moves they made as far as even Todd Gibson bringing in James Posey, et cetera, um, different moves that they made. So, um, of course, the talk of the town today reported from Sham Sharania. I'll read the tweet um, that I have right here. He said, the Wizards, Raptors, Hornets, Kings, Heat, and Hawks, along with the Knicks, have expressed interest in Donovan Mitchell. Um, this is on Bleacher Report reported earlier this morning. Um, John, any thoughts on this? Do you think this is any any realistic possibility? And how do you think, even if the Wizards were to pull off a trade like this, how do you see Donovan Mitchell's fit next to a Bradley Bill? I, mean, I think I've reacted a lot the same way a lot of Wizards fans reacted, which is this is the front office checking in. Someone, someone a star is available, so they're going to check in. I think it's we're in a similar situation to when they were checking in on uh, Demonis Sabonis last year, and it was like, cool, but, you know, we can check in, and then we'll quickly find out that the assets that we have, we have aren't enough. So I, I, it feels like a bit of a rinse and repeat. Like, what is the price? What are you really asking for? They find out they're not willing to, or or the machinations that that the Wizards front office has to go through to open up all the picks that they would need. Because it is all the picks, you know. They're they're talking four or five picks. Even if you can say, you know, Johnny Davis counts as a pick, or potentially Kispert might count as a pick, that kind of thing, you still can't get there because the Wizards' hands are tied with with twenty three um, gone in the in the Russell Westbrook deal. That said, I'm not even a huge fan of Donovan Mitchell next to Bradley Beal. Because we can only do you can only do so much with the short backcourts, um, but I think the talent and ability is there in a Donovan Mitchell where you have to find out what's he, what's it going to cost. You have to find out like what if that's the worst case that they can get him and put him there and see how it works. 
yeah, then you try it. You have to try it because that's the name of the game. And that's, I would say that's the one thing that the front office has emphasized and stuck to this whole time when it comes to player acquisition and maybe outside of the draft is just stack as much talent as you can and figure it out. You know, that's how we got Spencer Dinwiddie. That's how we were able to flip that into Porzingis uh, when you threw in pretense. So they're trying to do the same thing. What we're finding out, though, is that there are limitations and the limitations are based on the value of their already drafted players. And that's where we start coming up short. Right. Yeah. I mean, I actually I like that they're being aggressive in quotation marks. They're checking in. As you said, they checked on reportedly DeJounte Murray. They checked in on SGA. They checked in on Jay Nivey, um, Kevin Durant. I mean, any, any big name, I guess they were tied to DeJounte Murray as well. But, you know, they DeMontis Sabonis last year. Um, but they're they're swinging and they're missing. They just don't have enough assets, as you said. The 2023 pick is tied up. Um, honestly, looking at it, honest, the the way I don't see them getting, even if they were to be successful, I don't see them getting Donovan without having to give up Chris Stapps. Yeah. Now, if they were able to keep Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and bring in Donovan, then well, okay, yeah, you have a lot of talent there. I think that's something you could work with. I don't know if it's a championship contender, but. Um, you know, bringing in the Wizards, they need, I think they need more top end talent. They need more stars. They just need more horsepower, more guys that, you know, are number one options or number two options, grouping them together. Um, but Donovan, yeah, Donovan and Bill, it would be rough defensively. They both would be uh, turnstiles and turntables. There was a tweet that was put out from NBA University showing the 20 most negative defenders among qualifying players in 2021 22. Donovan Mitchell had a negative 2.7 defensive rating, and he was ranked 201 out of 209 NBA players. That's how bad he was defensively. Um, and then you look at the playoffs against the Mavericks, where Jalen Brunson was putting up 40 points against him and Mike Conley. So it's concerning, but at the same time, it it would get butts in the seats for one. I'll say that. They would certainly be a playoff team. They would be a better roster than what they are. I don't think that's a question at all. Um, but the assets, who are you giving up? Is Denny, Rui, and Kispert, or whoever, Kuzma, Chris Tapps. And, you know, you, you just saw what the Jazz got, and what they got four first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. So, you know, they're asking for an arm and a leg and a couple first-round picks. So, it's just it, – it looks like another unattainable check-in for the Wizards. Right. And and we, we say like, they're always checking in, right? Mm-hmm. They're not really – we don't know that they're – we don't know that they've actually taken swings, at right. DeJounte Murray, right? They checked in on the price and they found out what the price was. And it sounds like they kind of put their bat on the shoulder and stepped away and said, okay, right. well, thanks. You know, they, they got up, they saw what the pitcher was throwing and they're like, maybe this is not for us. Uh, and I, that's what's going to happen. Now, it's also very much um, in their wheelhouse to acquire talent, feature talent, throw it out there. Um, it was always, and this goes for, a little bit of the current regime and the past regime as well, and that includes kind of Scotty Brooks. If we acquired uh, a veteran midseason, that veteran was getting time, right? It didn't matter how many younger players were kind of in line. When Wesley Johnson hit, like Wesley Johnson was getting playing time, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's very similar. Like they're always trying to kind of pump up the val the value, uh, and they did it with Porzingis. They featured him. I think he's a little different case in that they have tried been trying to get a Porzingis. They 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 talked to Chicago about marketing before marketing wound up mm-hmm. signing a, for as a restricted free agent. They're getting the sign and trade to Cleveland. They had, I mean, again, this front office goes back 
a couple decades. You know, it's we can bring in Darius Sangalio, we can bring in Alexei Petrov. They've been looking for and, and trying to acquire face-up forwards for a long time. Um, so I think they do really like Porzingis because he's he's pretty unique. And just watching him for those what 17-ish games, you saw like, oh, this could actually be an end of the game shot creator here. Like this, he's a problem if he's healthy. And we always say we say that, we know that. But if he is, and if and and Brad is there as well, and Brad's, you know, say 90% of some of the best times he was adjusting to a new role. If he's if he's able to take more catch and shoot threes, all of a sudden that is something. Um, that's a fun team to watch. I think they did get better, but we kind of talk about these, like they've been checking in, they've been checking in. That's the game. That's, that's kind of the, that that's it, right? They're going to do it all the time. What do you think? We know that Porzingis still has fans, uh, around the league. So they're going to, it's hard to say like, they're just full on committed. Well, they're not because they're not going to extend Porzingis now. And that's, that is going to, you know, we worry about the injuries, but that's, what's going to impact his value at the trade deadline or beyond is his player option. And are you in, are you now going to have to get in line to, to bid for him uh, in the summer after this season? So it's like between that and that, I, I can see how his, his value wouldn't even be to the top of his ability if he was healthy, right? Because it's that right up against it. Whereas, DeJounte, I mean, Donovan Mitchell has what, three years left. Uh, DeJounte Murray had at least a year, I think, and then he's going to be extension eligible at a, at a large number. So they're, it's due diligence, and it happens all the time, and every once in a while they find out about it. I think the difference in these has been that we're finding out about more of it. I know Tommy likes to keep it secret. Uh, we didn't know about the Gaffer deal. We didn't know about the KP deal until it was like right at the line. Um, and it was done. So the fact that the name is out there this much uh, and that Washington has, has at least been mentioned and even in the KD conversation mentioned as uh, someone making a push, you know, a lot of those reports are dated and the, the news comes out well after the actual conversation may have happened. Uh, we All hear right. that's what's true of the Boston KD uh, story from today. So I just I, I think we're back in the similar situation was like, all right, we're the name's going to get out there a little bit more. But ultimately, they're going to put this group of uh, a 10 player rotation together and throw them out and see what they have. Because, again, the overarching theme from the past few years, well, we don't really know what we have because these guys haven't played together and we're bringing it all up. We're kind of adding them together from scratch again. Uh, so with the continual search for continuity as well as 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 we talk about roster churn. Right. Right, definitely. Yeah, I did want to touch on some of your points about Bradley Bill catching, catching and shooting. But yeah, the con- continu- the continuity and the continuity and the chemistry. Um, but before we do get to that, into that, and a little bit more of the all season, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from the live, from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, so about the catch and shoot aspect for Bradley Bill, I mean, that just reminds me that he would probably, he would most likely be the point guard. I mean, either one would interchange. Brad wasn't bad at the point guard position last year. I know a lot of people don't like seeing it happen. He's not a natural point guard, of course, but is there any, is there really any natural point guards in the NBA today? I mean, everybody, most of, most of the points are, are scoring guards. Even DeJounte Murray is an aggressive scoring guard. Um, a lot of, you know, De'Aaron Fox. There's just uh, Most point guards are looking to score. Kyrie Irving is looking to score all the time. Uh, those are just to name a few. Um, even Brogdon for the Celtics, he, he's a combo guard. Every, most, most guys are combo guards, but Brad, I, I think it would work out for those guys. They would be taking turns in a sense. You know, I know it didn't work out with Dinwiddie last year because Dinwiddie's a combo guard, but Donovan Mitchell, the talent is just a lot higher than Dinwiddie, and he's not coming off an injury. So um, it would be intriguing. But once again, I think Brad at the point guard is not bad. When they lost to the Bulls, he had 10 assists in that game. He was facilitating the ball. The ball was moving. Um, If they had those three, Porzingis, Brad, and Mitchell, I think it would be solid. Um, you brought up Wesley Johnson. I even forgot he was on the Wizards. Alexi Petrov, that's a throwback, too. I remember when uh, he got dunked on by Andres Nescioni for the Bulls and they called him Stewie. Um, but, man, yeah, going back, yeah, they are looking for a face of big. Porzingis, I, I like the point you brought up, too. He really can be a closer. There are times where Brad's not – has struggled in the clutch, turnovers, falling over his feet, tripping over his feet and whatnot. He led the league in clutch turnovers before he was injured. Um, so, Donovan, he's been clutch. And I think Porzingis, he really is a guy that you can give the ball to. I know, I think they believe that he's been the big fish that they got. So they're not looking to bring in another. I think they're checking in on guys, but I know they're not super upset. They're not looking to, to just throw the farm. Where I feel like the Knicks are looking to really gain first round picks. And they're really looking to bring, bring in a, another big fish to put next to Julius Randle, to put next to RJ Barrett, and also now Jalen Brunson. Um, so I, I just think the other teams, the Hawks, have been more aggressive to bring guys in as well. I, I just feel like other teams are being a little bit more aggressive. I know the Wizards' hands are tied, too, and the assets thing that you brought up, too. They don't have the, the best assets compared to other teams either. Um, so I, I think that's just where you're at with the Wizards right now or where we're at. No, Agreed. I would say the one thing with there in terms of true point guards is we got one. Monty Morris is, is the point guard that – that Wes Jr. has talked about. It's the point guard that Tommy's talked about well before he was acquired. They were talking, you know, they wanted someone who could command the offense, could get two feet in the paint, could. um, I think why I personally wound up liking that move a lot more is because I think he compliments Brad. I am one that would like to see Brad need to do less. Um, as a playmaker, I understand that he can do it. And last year was his first year kind of being thrust into a primary role of doing that. But what we saw, and I think to your point of when we talked, started talking about size and, and KP is a potential, you know, closer down the stretch is smaller guards, smaller players get, get swallowed up, um, pretty easily. Uh, 
and can get doubled and he can get the ball taken out of his hands, it's hard to just, you know, you can maybe push KP around a little bit, but otherwise it's it's difficult to block a, a 7-3 fadeaway, uh, right? So I think I think that's that's part of it. And I I just I miss Brad. I, I I went back and I watched some of the post All-Star game when he when he got snubbed. And he was just like, how about I just start putting 50, 40, 50, 38 on people? Um, and that was not a guy who was like, let me see if I can get a triple-double tonight. <laughs> that was a guy who right. was like, I can go get a bucket, and I don't have to worry about up- upsetting anyone else. Uh, and he just went after it. Part of my excitement for a kind of floor general point guard is that Brad can get back to it. I almost, I almost liken it to a, to a high school offense, right. Or a high school football. When you're like your best player, he's going to play some wide receiver. He's going to play running back. He's going to play. Beal's been playing quarterback because we didn't have a quarterback. Like he shouldn't be that. He should be getting the ball. He should be catching and running with the ball. And I'm mixing metaphors like crazy on a basketball podcast. But I think it plays. I think it plays because people are like, oh, yeah, you have that one really, really, really good player. Well, he kind of has to play quarterback um, because everything breaks down if the guy who's taking the snap can't do anything else. Right. So that that's where Brad felt in the last couple of years. And now he's got so much more help um, with the acquisitions that we'll talk about. But that's that that goes back to all right. If Morris just crazy low turnovers can catch and shoot, and and so we go back to that catch and shoot point that we boomerang around. And it was I think it was Zach Lowe who originally brought it up as like for fans of Bradley Beal, this is what you're looking for is his catch and shoot numbers. Just the percentage of his catch and shoots went way down last year because Dinwiddie wasn't creating for him. Uh, he had to be if you're if you're initiating the offense, then in an offense like the Wizards, this isn't the Warriors who are going to pass the ball 17 times in 20, 22 seconds, right? So in, in an offense like that, it's first good shot, first open shot's going up. So Brad's not getting the ball back. So there's definitely that feeling of, okay, if he can get more catch and shoots like he did when he was getting – when when John Wall was feeding him, um, then there's, there's, a, there's a route to an ascendancy scoring-wise, and then you don't necessarily have to let go of the increase in the rebounds and – and the assists that we saw because uh, the whole floor is open, more opened up. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I 100% agree with you on that, you know, that he was doing too much last year. You know, the usage rate – his usage rate has been super high the last couple of years. But I know it's like, you know, since he's gotten the the max deal, it's kind of like we, we he should be doing everything out there now since he's getting the $50 million or the quarter of a billion dollars and the 35% of the salary cap. But – Yes, he is better when he has a point guard, you know, a la John Wall. He was really good next to John Wall. Even when Russ was here two years ago or 2020, that's when Brad had his best statistical season, got his accolades. He got the all-NBA team that he always wanted. He got the all-star team once again, made the all-star team once again. Um, And he looked at his best next to guys who are looking to pass the ball, looking to set guys up, such as Bradley Bill. I I thought he – and I think that could happen with Monte Morris. I think there's a high possibility of that happening. Um, I do think the roster construction, some of the moves that they made definitely could fit next to Bradley Bill. Now you have a Chris Porzingis, who is the best big that he's played next to that can space the floor. That's not going to clog the paint, the paint either. I think the starting five will have guys that can shoot the three, can space the floor. So I think that's a positive to look towards as well. But um, yeah, we'll get into the roster moves. We'll break them down one by one. So how did you feel about the first move of the off season, the wizards trading, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Ishmael Smith, 
who is the uh, Wizards legend, honorary honorary wizard, for Will Barton and Monte Morris. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, I, this is a phenomenal trade, I think. And, and that goes for both sides. Denver's going to get what they need out of it, and they got them for two more years. So they've got KCP locked down for three years, $45 million essentially. Uh, perfect for them and with Jamal Murray coming back. And at the same time, once you looked at where the Wizards were asset-wise, where they were draft pick, um, cap space was going to be the MLE, once we got through the draft and they correctly were not willing to use 10 to, to bring back Malcolm Brogdon. Um, at that point, there was o- there's only so much you can do to get a guard and a point guard and not gut the rest of your team. Right. So this is, I think that's why it made a ton of sense to me. I had already done the research on Monty Morris. Yes. He's familiar with um, Wes Unsell Jr. They were together for a long time. Uh, I think that in and of itself brings value. I've seen some folks online who say, oh, we only got him because he was Wes's guy. Again, we're going to mix some football metaphors, but you go get the backup quarterback from the team, right? And you bring him over and make him your starting quarterback. Except Monty Morris, the game fits too. It's not just uh, his knowledge of Wes's system and what Wes wants, which I think is huge, but his game, like we talked about, a crazy low turnover rate. Uh, very good on catch and shoot played off of uh, Jokic last year, who we talk about Bradley bill usage rate. Jokic was, was point point center uh, MVP on a team with missing its next two best players essentially, and still carrying them. And then Monty playing off of that. It's just one of those things. What we, it's the antithesis of last year when we're going to bring all these random guys together from the Lakers trade which incorporated Spencer Dinwiddie as well once it was all said and done and five teams and and all those tiers. And then and then just kind of push them onto the floor and realize, oh, they're they're all kind of do out for themselves and we're in a bit of trouble. Whereas this from the top down, when it starts with Morris, he's about getting other people involved. He's also under contract for this season and next. So it's he's not he's not uh, up against it yet either. So I think you you do what you can there. Someone who doesn't eat into Brad, who doesn't necessarily eat into Porzingis, like he can play off of them, right? We love that. And then the fact that they had turned Montrez into Carey and into Ish, and Ish was able to then be flipped and included in this deal to make it work that they also got Baltimore native Will Barton back, who is not Will Barton of four or five years ago but he's still playing at a pretty high level. And, and they'll say that, well, Bill, Bill Barton is not the defensive player that, uh, that can, that KCP is he's not. Um, but also KCP's defense last year wasn't exactly blowing people away. He was the primary defender. And I think he took on kind of that first wing 
Uh, and right off the bat, it was great to have him. And you saw it on those early games, like, oh, the primary offensive wing, like KCP is going to have that assignment every night. And you have a good feeling that at least we're getting something plus defense out of that, even if the rotations in the back end don't look so hot yet. So we lose that. But I was surprised when you go back statistically and look, it, Barton is not, it didn't, we didn't drop off a cliff from one to the other. Uh, so when you look for a professional scorer, uh, another, the, there's ways positive and benefits, uh, benefits and negatives to uh, his contract and that he's, he's on, he's going to be expiring. Uh, so there's different ways to look at that. But otherwise, you've got another West guy. In addition to that, you get two rotation players for the cost of one. Yes, your defense is going to slip a little, but you're hoping that you gain because they know the system that they're stepping into, unlike all of those guys that we got last year. So I was uh, I was a fan of getting uh, Morris and Barton and, and getting Ish his coveted, what, 13th team. So now he has the record. As soon as he suits up, he's got the record. Right. You get some guys that are familiar with Wes. Um, you get a guy who, in Monte Morris who's who's going to know his role. He's not going to try to, you know, score a bunch of points, you know, your turn, my turn with, with Brad, like last year that we ran into different roles and different conflicts. Um, I think, you know, you look at it, you look at the way Tomas Sadoransky played last year. I wasn't a big fan of signing him when we did, but you know, he, he kind of showed what a point guard could do when a guy's just looking to pass. He's not looking to get in the way of guys running the offense through Chris Tapps. You think of the everybody eats phase with Brad and, and, and Tomas Sadoransky at that time. Um, so I see the thinking with Monte Morris. He's a pass first guy, not looking to score. He's a steady Eddie, solid point guard. That is a, it's a solid defender as well. Will the thrill, like you brought up from Baltimore, I like the local aspect as well. Now, the thing with Will, is he going to start? Is he going to take minutes from Maria or Denny? You know, they got to compete as well. So it's not just about bringing him in, but it's, you know, it's, it's competition. So where is he going to fit in at the two or the three? Still don't really have a natural three at the moment. Um, of course, Kuz is going to start at the four, but I like I like to bring it. I like bringing it. Well, I think he brings up the athleticism of the team, the playmaking ability, knocking down threes. The Wizards were bottom five in threes last year, league worst in threes made overall in the season. So I think they were good moves, and it makes West comfortable. I think West struggled a little bit with controlling uh, locker room personalities. Um, of course, we had dust ups with uh, Montrez and, and KCP and. Davies and Bertans and other things that we didn't even hear about behind closed doors. Um, of course, Dinwiddie not saying that he didn't know what his role was. So Monte Morris is going to come in and know what his role is. And Will Barnes is going to – they, they both know what to expect from, from West Hill Jr. As you brought up with the football analogies, um, I, I liken it to Ron Rivera with the Panthers. He's, he's bringing in every Panther that he knows so he can be familiar with guys and comfortable with guys. And I think that's going to be big for Wes as well. But I did want to – Read the article that I found on Sporting News, giving the Wizards a grade of a D plus. Um, <laughs> quote from Sporting News: "Is that all? Thanks for I the plus. <laughs> Can we just say that first? Thank you for the plus. Because a D that would have been insulting, but it's a D right. plus. They hedge that it may, may it could get to a C minus if the grading curve works out. I love it. The right. D plus. Yeah, I, I do want to find um, who wrote the article too." Uh, I'm going to try to find that really quick here before I read what they had to say. Uh, but oh, I'm sorry. This is this is for the win on USA Today, actually. This is um, okay. Ryan Kalbroski. He gave some harsh grades, too. I think he gave right. the Bulls a, a D. He gave the Celtics a – he gave the Celtics an A, a Hawks for an A, probably because they were more aggressive than the Wizards. They got bigger names, sure. per se. 
Um, the Hornets got an F. I think the Hornets didn't make any moves at all. I mean, they got they had guys caught up in things off the court as well. Yeah. Um, so I can see why. The yeah, the Bulls got a D plus. But reading what he it's said about the Wizards, those... right? <laughs> Go so ahead. He's... I'm just laughing at those D pluses. Right. Uh, <laughs> so he's he's a, he's been a Russian judge here for the off season, but he says. <laughs> Although I do think the Wizards made a nice move trading for Monte Morris, this was an incredibly underwhelming offseason in Washington. Bradley Bill is a good player, no doubt, but he is unlikely to ever return a positive value on the massive contract he signed. This team is neither contending nor in a rebuilding phase, which is the worst place in professional sports, end quote. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on what uh, Brian Kalbrowski had to say? I mean, that's it's very popular, and I, I mm. probably wouldn't argue too much Mm-hmm. With the fact that Bradley Beal is going to get paid and to be a franchise cornerstone, which is the term that they use, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that doesn't paying him that doesn't make him a back to being an all NBA player. And it seems like there's there's part of a Wizards organization process, which is you know we've we've got John, he's making all star teams, he's going to make he made an all NBA. We have Supermax, great. Now we have a Supermax player, right? And it was kind of like this this box that was checked in terms of legitimacy. And it felt like that, too, with Brad. It was like, okay, he's got his multiple All-Stars. His All-NBA year, when you look at it, I'm pretty sure Kyrie was hurt most of that time. James Harden was hurt for most of that time. Like, there's a reason why that's the only... And, and Russell Westbrook led the league in assists as a wizard and mm-hmm. did not make all... So he got it. He essentially got it. Um, over over Russ, I think Tatum may have been the the next vote getter, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why he got it. So I I completely understand if if someone's going to say you're you can't pay him that much to not be the star. They just didn't have as many options because what well, as as you and I have discussed, if other people have discussed that nauseum in the last two years, if you were going to do if you were going to take another path, that was two years ago. Um, that was right. before. That was before the, uh, you know, when a potential Warriors, before the Warriors got, you know, when they had two lottery picks and all that fun stuff. So, but here we are now. I, I too, I too very much dislike, not so much the, the money wise, because the cap's going to go up and we know that, but also that no trade clause, which basically, I mean, the contract as written, it may as well have been, uh, a restricted free agency signing sheet because the agent wrote that contract. It doesn't appear that the, the wizards weighed in on any of that, except maybe if the payment terms, if Brad's not getting, you know, 50% on opening day or something like that. Otherwise that is, that is written like an agent would write it. And as if the wizards were just like, thank you. The fax is here. We're going to go ahead and sign it. Um, so I can see how I can see the negativity there um, at the same time we kind of knew that was coming. I think for a lot of fans like me, you're just kind of like, yep, yep. We knew that was coming. I'm not going to wrap up a lot of my emotions in, in (laughs) flailing, flailing at the sun on this one because we knew it was coming and you're right. right, Like it does outbay it. But if we're getting that spike, if we're getting some that, even if it's smoothed out the additional revenue, then all of a sudden that's going to open some doors. And as, as the front office likes to say, we we signed our big free agent. Because because there is a way that that D plus becomes an F, uh, and and Brian may have thrown in a he may have thrown an F minus minus at us if 
the Wizards fail to retain Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. and we're we're talking on July seventh or whatever it is about them having to take back some picks and that are probably that are lottery protected and stuff like that, just because that's how this is this wound up going. So credit for them not for them not having a, an asset walk away, and they're very much a front office and an organization that's like let's figure out the money. And we'll kick the money down the down can down the road. Um, they did it with Bertans. They were like, we saw that number and we were like, what? What just happened? I mean, Gortat got a fifth season, right? right? And then Bertans gets gets that gets that money with a partial guarantee on it. And so we knew this was kind of uh, Dinwiddie got three years coming off an ACL. So we knew that they were that was going to be part of it. They're okay with that and they'll figure it out um, down the road. And and they're not the only GM and front offices that that operate that way either. But I, I get it. I, it's harsh because you're coming from a position of, like he said, if you're in the middle, you're nowhere. The yeah. and and the NBA punishes the middle, and the middle is where the Wizards seem to be the most comfortable operating from. With they just kind of like, sorry, we've got one arm tied behind our back. We don't know how this happened. And you're like, you did it. <laughs> you're the one. You tied your own hand back there. Why? And you're like, well, I guess if there's only something we could do, and that's why we tear our hair out uh, for this team. Right. Yeah, they are in basketball purgatory. That's what stood out to me too when he said the team is neither contending nor in a rebuilding phase, which is the worst place in professional sports. That's why you know when they brought up the KD thing. I know a lot of Wizards fans are against bringing in Kevin Durant. I get it. He's 34 injuries. But at least he would get you out of purgatory. I'll say that you'll be you'll be a hundred percent a playoff team. Right now we're in the playing range. At best, I would say sixty. To, everything goes right. And Kevin Durant, you still probably wouldn't be. You still could lose in the first round. You just saw what Kevin Durant did with with Kyrie. Right. Um, but it, at least you would be more competitive, and you would technically, in my opinion, you would be out of purgatory. Right now you are in purgatory where you you, you could end up in that playing spot. Um, as you said, Bradley, but we already knew that was going to happen. I mean, if you follow the Wizards, you're a Wizards fan or just follow the team. We already knew he was going to come back and sign that deal. He said it in the middle of the season when he had the cast on his arm, and he said it, that's fair that he's coming back. The only thing that threw me off was the no trade clause and the 15% trade kicker. Steph Curry asked one for the from the Warriors and didn't even get a, a no trade clause, so that just kind of stood out to me as well. And the guys that he's mentioning who got no trade calls is Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Carmelo Anthony. Um, all those names, you know, one guy stands out. Bradley Bill's a great player, but he's just he's not a Hall of Famer like those guys that I named. So um, for him to get a no trade calls, it was a little surprising. I know Ted loves Bradley Bill, but it just hurts because if you look at it this way, say you want to trade him to the Kings or the Thunder and they want to give us multiple multiple picks back in a trade, we can't. But if he wants to go to the Celtics and play with his buddy Jason Tatum, then he could force his way there. So that that just, you know, kind of really, really concerns me there. But um, I thought I thought the guy – I thought Brian hit it to a T there. They, I think a big reason why is just because we didn't bring in a sexy name in. You know, we didn't get Jontae Murray, didn't get SGA, didn't end up with Jay Nivey. All the big names we were tied into, we didn't get those guys. We got good players, solid players. Todd Gibson, another solid signing. You know, it's a it's a it's a solid signing that we just picked up. And Delon Wright is a good player as well. So um, I, I hold I wholeheartedly understand the grade. I do understand the grade, but I, I think the team got better. Oh yeah, and I think we should revisit for a second the no trade clause because I know a lot of the conversation around it becomes, but they're not sending Brad to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyhow, 
right? They love them too much. There's no, there's no point in that relationship where they turn around and say, you know what, you're done. We're done with you. Um, but now, like you said, he can't, he can't force a trade, mm. uh, but he can limit their options. And right. um, very specifically, he can, this is why Kobe had requested a trade. Kobe was, um, was kind of in a situation where he was looking at playing in Chicago. Um, the reason, part of the reason that didn't happen was because by the time they negotiated the terms, what he, what was left in Chicago for him to play with wasn't worth it. And he's like, I'm just going to get back into a situation where I don't have enough around me. Why would I want to do that when I can stay? Um, Brad can essentially say, and this is a great topic when, when Jalen Brown's name is back in the news, he can say, he can say, all right, here are my short list. Um, and again, we're down the road at least a year, if not more. And when he sees what the package is, he can say, wait, I want to play with that guy. I don't want that guy coming back because now I'm my allegiance is to my new team, whoever that's going to be. So I don't want to, I don't want to strip them of talent. So it's actually becomes in his best interest to, unless some, unless the team's just going to buy him out, it becomes in his best interest for the wizards to get less of value for him. So that's kind of the reason we bring it up. And that's why when someone says, they're not dealing Brad without his permission. No, of course, they're all they've been simpatico that for years since the last extension was signed. This this whole thing has been on schedule. The train is running right on schedule, right? For for Ted, for Tommy, and for Brad. But when it goes off, now they have no leverage. Um, and it and Ted said it wasn't a point of leverage, it was a point of partnership. It absolutely is contractually speaking, absolutely is a point of leverage. And again, They've tied their arm behind my back, and then and in a few years they'll be like, "Oh, how did we get in this position?" Right. So that's why we bring up the no trade clause for those for those fans saying like they were never going to dump Brad. You're right, but now you can't have the same bidding war that that OKC had for Paul George when Paul George actually also meant Kawhi, mm-hmm. for example, because then you've got so much wrapped up into it. Um, right, and you look at the Nets now. You know, if if Kevin Durant had a no trade clause, then he would be like, "Hey, you know, Phoenix and Miami are the only two teams I want to go to." But now the Nets are playing hardball with him, where they're looking at all options. You know, they're looking at the Timberwolves, they're looking at the Celtics, they're looking at um, there's some other teams in the, the Raptors with Scotty Barnes, and they're they're trying to get all an all star, all world type of package back in return. So they have options where they're not just limited to Kevin Durant just saying, "Hey, it it can only be the Suns." And it can only be Miami, which right now it looks like those teams with after the DeAndre Aiden trade, it looks like it's looking near impossible for them to make a deal with the yeah, Suns. But, it does. but um, as far as the grade, I I give the Wizards about I hate giving grades, but <laughs> me too, me too. Go ahead, uh, throw it out there. <laughs> it's about it's average. I mean, I give it about a C plus. I thought they made good moves. I think they're a better roster, but does it move the needle? It doesn't. I think they're still I think they're still a good team, and they had to stay healthy, obviously, and, and everything has to break right. I think they improved. I think they got a, a natural point guard. I think they got a good guy that can be a six-man or a solid starter for you in Will Barton. Um, and and I'm thinking of it in a, in a way that Chris Stapps is the big fish yeah. that they brought in. That's the big guy that they brought in. It's not a DeJounte Murray. It's not a 
Donovan Mitchell, this is the guy that they're really banking on to change this offense. In the last part of the year, the 17 games, they legitimately ran the offense through Chris Tabs. I know Brad wasn't there and Kuzma was out for a couple games, but Chris Tabs, he looked like the Knicks Chris Tabs when he was healthy in those those last couple of games. So I give him a, about a C, C plus. Roll for me, as Wes could be heard shouting at him in one game right. from the mid post. Roll for me, because he would. He would just kept he just kept fading to the line. And started kept taking those two feet behind the three. I was like, your percentage is not good enough to be two, three feet behind this line. And you can hear West roll for me. Uh, no, I, I, I give him a C. So I'm right there with you, C, C plus. Because what are these grades? Um, because you're right, they didn't. I mean, Porzingis was talent wise the best player they've added from the deadline through the off season. Uh, that's where you're going to see potentially you know how these guys come together and if a beal porzingis kuzma and then supporting pieces uh but to your point you were talking about you know being bottom five and three pointing three point shooting you know between did dinwiddie uh holiday we almost forgot about him right mm-hmm. uh dinwiddie holiday netto and then ish probably all in the low 30s topping out at 30 31 percent and now you've got Monty Morris, who's at over 40%. Delon Wright shot 38% on catch and shoot. Uh, immediately better uh, shooting. And KCP shot well, but streaky, uh, which was, again, any Lakers fan will tell you, like he's going to have he's gonna have streaky moments. Uh, but Barton is up there as well. He's, he's, he's below KCP, but he's, he's right up there. So you're like, okay, if Porzingis can shoot, all of a sudden – this is kind of what we've been trying for. If you're going to build a what I would refer to as a finesse roster or f- playing right. finesse basketball, which right. is kind of what what this front office has been doing for a long time, and you can see it in the go-go as well. Um, they it's a very pass cut finesse um, way to win games. You have to have shooters, and they didn't. So, so I give them I give them the C based on that. When you flipped. Again, the center rotation went from Gafford, Trez, TB coming back healthy to now Porzingis. Now Gafford's your backup, and you've got Taj Gibson there uh, as your, in case of emergency, break glass defensive veteran. Um, plus, you've still got Vernon Carey, who had more than I thought uh, left in the tank when I saw him in the summer league. I was really right. impressed with his willingness to move his feet and how, how quick he looked. Uh, so all of a sudden you're like, okay, yeah. Like you said, the, the bigger get was that the deadline, we saw it and then we put it away. So we didn't want to break our new toy. Um, but we're back to the situation was how do these guys, how quickly can these guys play together, play well together? Uh, we saw the Celtics come together from that, from that poor start. As long as you can play defense and you've got a couple of shot makers and and shooters around them, there's a there's a blueprint, right? There's a blueprint to have a, a good team. So the Wizards have the blueprint, but they've also got Brad coming off of a surgery, so he's still in rehab mode. He's supposedly you know 100, but that's 100 of that doesn't mean game ready and and ready for the rigors of a of a schedule. So he's still coming back. You've got all the, you got the players that are in uh, the international competitions like Avdia over the summer. Uh, if KP is playing, I saw he's he's in Europe. I didn't see if he was going to be playing in any of those games. Mm-hmm. But it's it's all about what comes together now. 
and it feels like we've this is the third year in a row. It's like, what is this group going to look like? Uh, we just we're just still hopeful because the talent level is higher. Absolutely right. Yeah, I think they are a finesse team as well. We didn't talk too much about the defensive side. We'll probably talk about that in the next episode. Uh, we didn't even talk about Johnny Davis, so it's a lot of aspects to talk about. But <laughs> as you shake your head about Johnny Davis, no, he's not. he's giggling, he's laughing at me because I'm <laughs> I'm trying to find ways to be nice about Johnny Davis. Right, I'm, I'm trying. This, yeah, this concludes our first part of the episode. Um, John, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at jheiser three h e i s e r. It's like Budweiser, but with an H. jheiser three. You can get all my uh, all my Wizards and NBA thoughts there, as well as plenty of of unwarranted political discourse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just thirty minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just thirty minutes. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.